Welcome back to Theologically Speaking. I'm your host, Eric Newton. Theologically Speaking is a podcast of BJU Seminary aimed to have conversations that cultivate theological habits of heart and mind and ministry. Today we're going to discuss a topic that has been thrust into the forefront of global conversation the past several months, and that's of course COVID-19. But our goal is not just to talk about a pandemic, but to discuss it from the perspective of pastoring. How should we shepherd God's people, and how should we as God's people be shepherded? I'm delighted to have with me in the studio today uh, two esteemed colleagues who serve as pastors of local churches, as well as professors at BJU Seminary. Uh, First is Dr. Greg Mazak, who pastors Trinity Bible Church down the road in Greer, South Carolina, and has been uh, teaching biblical counseling here at BJU since 1986. Greg, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Eric. And uh, you've been at Trinity Bible Church uh, how long now? I've been the pastor teacher for 10 years. I've been on pastoral staff for 30 years. Wonderful. Very good. And also with me, not to confuse you, is Dr. Greg Stikes. Hi. Uh, who is pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, I think since 2017. Right. But you've served in pastoral ministry in Minnesota, North Carolina as well. Right, All right. And uh, he teaches New Testament and a variety of other courses here at BJU Seminary as well. Greg, thank you as well for being with us. So uh, I've got a question to start us out. Uh, When did you realize that COVID-19 was going to be an unusual time for pastoring a church, or, or has it been unusual? It's definitely been unusual. You know what happened with us, which is really interesting, uh, over the border in North Carolina is the Wilds Christian Conference Center. Our church was having its annual retreat up there. Halfway through the retreat, leadership said to me, hey, Greg, we got to stop this retreat. The state has shut us down. We would be in violation of the law to have a Sunday morning service. What do you want to do? And I announced to our people, we can't meet tomorrow morning. This is Saturday night. Let's all go down the mountain. We'll have church. We'll bring our special speaker down. We'll have church at Trinity Sunday morning. I didn't even realize that would be the last public worship service we would have actually for many, many weeks. That was my introduction to COVID. Well, Greg, how about you? Well, I think it was the same weekend probably where we... We're having, uh, the students were going to be going away really soon, and so it was kind of a last time we would see them, and we didn't really have any, any idea at that point that the next week we would not have a service that Sunday morning, and I think we may have had Wednesday night, I can't remember now, but it was soon after that that on a Wednesday night I'm sitting in my living room uh, going with Zoom online and gathering our people together and uh, just being very nervous in a sense. I don't know why, but it was just an unusual new situation. Now it's like second nature to plug up the Zoom, ask somebody to join, people get together, and we've really taken a leap forward in our use of technology and our comfort level with it. So I think it was around that time where we were realizing so many things were going to be new that uh, we realized this is going to be a really uh, interesting time. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, I think, how quickly you can, if you have to, adjust to a new normal. Yeah. And I, I think we, right. we have. Uh, so the church is an assembly of forgiven sinners. It's a congregation of saints. So that assembling, that congregating is so important. Um, how are you currently assembling as a, 
as a as a church for corporate worship in these conditions? Well, I you know I mentioned we went on Zoom right away, and uh, you know there was the question of do we just let things go for a while and then come back? And we didn't know how long that period was going to be, but you know when the New Testament talks about forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together in Hebrews ten. Uh, a lot of people don't realize the end of that verse, uh, but exhorting one another and encouraging one another. There's a reason you meet together. It's not just that you're you're coming together uh, physically. Uh, the, there's a purpose in that. And so we thought through what can we do to continue to uh, advance the purpose of the church, both in terms of nurturing our own people and being uh, an outreach to our community and so forth. And so uh, technologically, we tried to mimic the kinds of things we would do on Sunday morning. We had interaction every time, and, and the people were great about doing that. And uh, we did the, the Zoom service for a while, and then until we were able to come back and begin meeting very gradually again. And uh, the first Sunday, we did a Zoom service uh, when everybody was in the sanctuary. It did not really go well. In fact, I think we tried singing the okay. first time, and it just did not work. I know some churches have been able to do that. So there's some things we couldn't do that are part of worship. Right. But overall, uh, meeting Wednesday night through Zoom, having a lot of good interaction, and then mostly on Sunday morning, not non-interactory, but, but actually being there live together has been the main times of meeting. And it, it seemed to go really well, but people were very happy to get back together and stand around outside and actually uh, when we end our service now, the people are standing there for a, another hour at least just talking with one another because it's so good to be back together. That's good. So, yeah, You know, when this all first happened, we canceled everything because that's just what most churches were doing. And we, I did a Sunday morning podcast where I continued my series through Romans. And some of my brothers would go to their church building, stand in the pulpit, and record it, and that's fine. That just seems so weird to me. Why would I stand at a pulpit in a big room with nobody there and pretend like they're there? So I would just sit in my basement in front of my fireplace and just talk to people about Romans and try to encourage them. And then we transition to what we're doing now. So maybe that'd be a... That'd be what, great. What we're doing now is we tried to take some biblical principles, and one is stewardship. We want to make sure we're careful with people's health. Another is submission. Romans is really clear on how we need to be concerned about what the government thinks. And certainly one is edification, like Greg just talked about. So what we're currently doing is we have two identical Sunday morning services. And the early one, we encourage older people and at-risk people to attend. The second one is for families with kids. It's only the second one that we have a nursery and children's church. And then we live stream the second service to a separate building for college students. And that way we're trying to worship, coming together, keeping attendance down. We're singing two songs. We're opening with the song, closing with the song. We're encouraging social distancing because we have fewer people than typical together and trusting, at least for now, that this seems to be the best way for our church, at least, uh, to encourage people. Mm. I, I would be interested to know, too, how did you transition from fireside chat with uh, Pastor Greg Mazak uh, to actually gathering the people back together? Was that a complicated process, or uh, what, what went through your mind in making those decisions? Oh, that's, that's a wonderful—there's um, actually a lot of different opinions on when to do that. 
But one of the right. things that um, I think was helpful is my style of preaching is maybe a little bit more conversational. Mm-hmm. And so even one of the people mentioned it was easier for us. But we, we were checking other churches about what they were doing. We were checking government guidelines. Right. Right. Yeah. And our heart was always, we want to get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not a question of if, it was a question of when. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, preaching to nobody and we we did the zoom okay purposefully because we would interact before and inter- after the service was over i'd have specific questions i would ask different families and we'd get the kids to talk and we'd ask about what's going on so people really appreciated that yeah. but it, but it was still really different i would go to the church so they would see the cross in the background so we'd have a little bit of familiarity but it was still very different preaching to empty pews and so nice to actually have a congregation where you can read nonverbals and so yeah. forth. Even even though we do the same kind of social distancing things and not everybody is back yet, we're still encouraging people to be online if they have any question at all. If everybody came back, I don't know, we wouldn't have the room right now anyway. So the Lord has really worked this out very well. And so we're happy about that. Yeah, That's good. Speaking of preaching, uh, I'm curious if you... Uh, sort of change directions, the content of your preaching or the series in order to address the pandemic directly? Or, you know, what are you preaching on right now? Are you still in Romans? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I've prayed about that, and I've explained this to our people, and I'm not suggesting this is the right thing. This was just what I thought best. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe in God's providence, and I'm committed to preaching through books. And so when I was preaching in my basement, mm. and then when even we continue, when we returned to our building, I just continued mm. through Romans. Right. I didn't even change one message. Mm. Certainly, I talked about COVID. Mm-hmm. I talked about some of the civil dis- disruption <clears throat> we're now experiencing as well. Mm-hmm. But the idea being telling our people, I really believe that God knows what's best for us. Let's keep going through Romans, because mm-hmm. I'm convinced that this incredible letter is relevant for us today. And I think God's going to use Romans to help us through this time, just trusting in his providence that we'll be in the right section at the right time. So I just continued on. That's really interesting that you mentioned Romans, that uh, Romans 12 to 15 has actually run through my mind a lot over the last mm-hmm. few months, mm-hmm. because you know we're familiar with those first two verses in Romans 12 that, that, that say, okay, therefore, because of all of this mercy of God and the righteousness we have right. in Christ— uh, therefore, live a certain way, present yeah. yourselves as a living sacrifice. Uh, but then Paul, of course, we apply that to all of life, but Paul applies it in certain ways in that letter. And you've mentioned some of those already about our response to government, Romans 14, about our, our relationships with one another when we differ on how to apply Scripture. And I've thought most of all, I think, about Romans 15, and it's it's talking about uniting with one voice, hmm. And it struck me that, you know, I wanted to get back with my church congregation and unite physically with one voice to glorify God. But actually, that praise, that worship isn't going to be glorifying to him if we aren't actually united in our hearts, yeah. if, if, if we're not submitted to his lordship and, and really uh, walking alongside one another in love. So uh, where are you in Romans? I'm in chapter 15. I'm just wrapping up where Paul talks about wanting to go to Spain. A couple people in our church have mentioned that it was interesting that I was just dealing with submission to government right before this all happened. Wow. Yeah. So it was really interesting when I was up <clears throat> at the wilds and they said, hey, we can't have church, we can't have camp Sunday morning, the government has shut us down. Greg, what do you want to do? 
I was able to say, well, I don't understand that question because there's no option. Mm. The government has given a mandate. I have just preached through, we are going to submit to the government, and that's what we do as believers. Mm -hmm. And so it was just in God's providence that we were ready for that to submit to what Caesar says in that Mm. situation. Praise the Lord for that. Greg, how about you? Well, yeah, I'm really excited to hear that. And uh, it's not surprising to me at all, having pastored and preached for a long time, that the Lord uh, providentially has these texts ready for us. And I love what my my pastor I served under, uh, Pastor Doug McLaughlin in Minneapolis, used to say that everybody was talking about relevance. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, every time we preach the word, it's eternally relevant. And yeah. so it's relevant for our situation and uh, I had just finished, I mean, literally the last Sunday we met physically before COVID hit, we f- I finished the whole series in Colossians. And so the first Sunday I'm wrestling with, you know, what do I do? And I thought, well, this will go on maybe for a couple of months, it sounds like. I resurrected a series on uh, the seven churches Revelation. Years ago, I had traveled with Turkey with Dr. Beal. Sure, yeah. And I came back and preached a series on the seven churches in Revelation. We had visited all those sites. Mm. And everybody was talking about, are these the end times? What's going... Remember how that's happening? It, and I was thinking, it doesn't take much for Western spoiled Christians like us to think the apocalypse has come, you know? Mm-hmm. And so one thing... And I, I can't say, you know, I wrestled in prayer for a long time over that. I was just like, I wanted to revisit that series. It's fun to revisit things you did like 10 or 12 years ago and see how you look at it now. And so yeah. uh, we began this series, and I'll tell you what, uh, I, I never appreciated before how much revelation is, is meant to encourage believers who are going through things that they're like, I didn't know we signed up for this. What's happening? And, and you have to remember, you know, if you read the revelation as a person who, who is probably going to suffer and maybe even die as a martyr, that's how the book unfolds and makes sense to you. Jesus is encouraging these people. And he's not just saying, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm going to come soon. Just hold on. No, he's saying, you know, you need to obey me and still follow me. There's, there's, there, because he knows if we're faithful until the end, if we're a conqueror, as, as Jesus himself calls us, mm-hmm. uh, that is how we will defeat the, the powers of, of hell and darkness and so forth. And so we began that, and and I can't go into detail here, but how that all unfolded was just wonderful. And I actually ended up finishing the series when we met back together. And in the meantime, had decided, you know, let, let's just keep going through mm-hmm. Revelation. So I, I preached a series on the description of the glorious risen Christ. Every time he addresses one of those churches, he begins with who he is. Right. And that's where our, our, our foundation and our hope comes from. And so, and then after that, I am right now in the middle of a series on the promises to the overcomers and over what that means and, and what the promises are. And so I'll finish that and then Lord willing, just keep going to chapter four and five. I'm going to preach all the way through Revelation now. So uh, maybe you could partly blame it on COVID-19, but it has just been a real wonderful series, which has allowed us to talk about all these things that Brother Greg mentioned here and uh, to continue to to help us to process what's going on. So, yes, the people who received that book of Revelation in the first century were going through much more than what we are going through right, right now. But on, at the same time, uh, it certainly parallels what they were going through. And so we've just really enjoyed digging into that book for the, for the first time maybe in a long time. That sounds great. Uh, it's really exciting to hear how the Lord has uh, providentially directed not only all of our circumstances, but particularly you and shepherding your people 
according to his words in those two books. Um, we've touched on this a little bit sort of along the way in our conversation, but in our last uh, few minutes here, I, I want to directly hit a question that has been on a lot of our minds, and that is, um, you know, many Christians are quite vocal in their opinions about how to respond to the pandemic, or even if there is a pandemic, etc. Um, some people might think it's politically motivated attempts to disrupt the church. Others say, hey, you know, we need to be reasonably responsible to this. It's a genuine threat. We need to be Wearing safe. a mask is the mark of the beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's quite a, can be quite a polarity. Um, how, how do you pastor a church when you're going to have a little bit of a spectrum, if not the extreme poles, a little bit of a spectrum with this kind of response? I, I sense that spectrum, even with our, our, our church is smaller than, than Greg's, uh, where you have people on the one side who are saying, this is just going to be really awful, and they, yeah. they're sort of withdrawn from everything. And then you have some who are like, this is, this is nothing, and they're making such a big deal out of it. It's just political, and you have people in the center. And it's really helped uh, by just asking the people to say, look, you're going to meet different opinions. Let's just love one another and be patient with one another. All of us have questions we can't answer. You want, listen to the media, you wonder what is really going on. There, there is no real answer about what's happening. There's so many confusing things. So uh, you've got to have patience with leadership as we try to pray to make the right decision. You've got to have patience with each other. And I've just been really thrilled with the way our people uh, have responded because I hear all I hear all the yeah. I hear all the range there of things, and we just have to agree to agree uh, that this is what we're going to do uh, with it, and and to be respectful of the government, like you were talking about. I right. really appreciate what you said a few moments ago about uh, listening to the government. So in your church, Greg, you definitely have people with radically different opinions on this. Yeah, I would not say we have extremists okay. to to either side, but but yeah. there's definitely that that sure. continuum there. And I imagine you see... It's, yeah, that's, that's why I was asking. I was going to say, yeah. you, imagine, you see that even more with a larger yeah, congregation. We, There's, you know, even within our elder board, we have a plurality of elders, 10 of us, uh, and I love all these guys. One of them believes we ought to be doing everything we've always done. We should stop nothing. Let's go full throttle. Mm -hmm. And he still believes that. Mm -hmm. wow. And there are others who are thinking we're going a little too quickly. Mm -hmm. But if I could just mention again, God's providence... We were right coming out of Romans 14, the first part of Romans 15, and explaining to people, you know, there were different ideas in the early church on what a holy day is, right? The big two things in there, mm -hmm. the examples are holy days and food. Mm -hmm. And do you eat this or do you don't eat this? What do you do on a holy day? Wait a second. Are there even holy days anymore? Right. And what does that mean? And I've explained to our people that we must agree on the gospel. We must agree on Jesus. When it comes to issues of, do you go to a restaurant after church on Sunday, that we disagree, and that's okay. And is Sunday the Sabbath, or is Saturday the Sabbath? We disagree, that's okay. And does the church even follow the Sabbath? We have people in our church who disagree. Um, if I could, I invited a new couple out to eat one Sunday after church. They insisted I come into their home instead. I thought, well, that's really nice. And then later she told me, we don't go out to eat on Sunday, it being the Sabbath. And I didn't say to her, ma'am, um, just so you know, the Sabbath's actually Saturday. Um, but I just said, praise God, we're glad to be in your home. And there's, it's okay to differ. And it's not right versus wrong, because Paul says three things that have really helped me. 
be fully convinced of what you believe. Number two, don't judge the person who's on your left. Wow, she's liberal. Number three, don't <laughs> right. regard with contempt the person on your right. What a legalist. You know, and, and those are my three right. big takeaways that I've tried to apply in our church. Don't judge the person on your left who says there is no COVID. I will not wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And don't look down with contempt to the person on your right. But remember, every one of us will give an account for what we believe. And Paul said, be fully convinced. So what I've been preaching hard is you be fully convinced on what honors Christ, but don't hold other people to that same conclusion. That's great. And and when you can say that on the authority of God's word and it not be merely your opinion, a a pastor, but just another person, uh, that that really is where the the, the strength is. Um, I I wonder if we could end with this. Uh, We've been talking pastoral theology and the, the, the goal, the ultimate of pastoral theology, like all of life, is doxology, is worship and praise to Jesus Christ. So could you take each take 30 seconds maybe and tell us uh, one thing you're thankful for in light of the pandemic, one thing to praise the Lord for. Well, um, it's a little embarrassing because a lot of Greg's church members have been starting to come to our church online. <laughs> now, no, I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. Uh, but, you know, at, at the same... Let's, go ahead. Well, that's because they know good sermons when oh, they oh, do yeah, okay. I, that, oh, I, I've heard you preached, and I want to come to okay, your now church. Okay, now you're not supposed to say yeah. something nice then. But, uh, but, you know, uh, there have been... Uh, the Lord has actually grown the church numerically during this. And I, I literally am still just surprised because we're, we're still a, a revitalization kind of church, although we're, we're growing now and we have our own building. Uh, but th- there's really nothing attractive about us if you look at you know like churches with big programs and this kind of thing, except that we're just a body who loves each other who are worshiping. And, and so we're just uh, really thrilled that the Lord is doing that even during this time. But another thing is that several church members uh, over the last, I don't know, month or two have said, you know what, I've gotten to know some people better now because they've been inter- they've been yeah. going out of their way to interact either online or, or going over to people's houses. We have more groups started that were not there before, and they're trying to be protective and, and meet together. Yeah. And so because they've tried to, to be the church, it really forced us to say, what's our purpose as a church? What are we here for anyway? Yeah. And it helped us to reevaluate, are we doing what we ought to be doing? And so, praise the Lord, I, I feel like we're actually closer as a church, and uh, the Lord is continuing to do things and equip us to be able to reach our community and to nurture one another, uh, perhaps more than we were before. So, we're just really, really thankful for that. Yeah. Boy, I would amen all of that. You know, a specific thing that I've just been so thankful for, when I was recording the messages in my basement and then posting them Sunday morning, I said to my wife, Nancy, what are we going to do for church? And I said, honey, let's find people who don't have anyone to watch the sermon Mm -hmm. with and invite them over. Mm -hmm. So we invited five or six single guys. One, his wife passed away. A couple are divorced. One not married. They have no family in town. Mm -hmm. So we would have these guys come over and watch the sermon. And I made a handout. And we would have a handout and answer questions. And we became kind of a little family. One of these guys has a coworker, and the coworker saw a handout, and he said, "What's that?" And he said to his coworker, "That's a series of study questions that we go to my pastor's house, we watch a sermon, and we answer them." And he said, "Can I have that?" And he said, "Sure." Next week, 
my friend who's coming to my house actually said, I brought one for you. Did you read it last week? And he said, yes. And I not only want to read the next one, I want to come. Could I come to your pastor's house? (laughs) So for maybe five weeks in a row, a businessman who spends a third of the year in Austria, a third of the year in Poland, and a third of the year in Greenville. He's stuck here because he can't get to the next destination because of COVID. Says, I always wondered what it would be like to go to a pastor's house. So he came, his name's Gary. I don't mind giving his first name. Gary came to my home, watched about six sermons in a row. We talked about the gospel after we closed in prayer. He's a religious man, but not a believer. And I thought to myself, Lord, you are so good. Gary is hearing the gospel and we're rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Now, I wish I could tell you he came to know Jesus, and he hasn't yet, Mm -hmm. but I trust he will. And once we stopped meeting in my house, Gary said, I don't want to go to your church. I'm not interested in hanging out with you guys anymore. Mm -hmm. But for six weeks, Gary heard the gospel, and I praise God for that. That's God using the COVID virus for good. Exactly. Uh, Praise the Lord. Well, uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation with the uh, pastors, Greg, Uh, Thank you, brothers, uh, for spending this time uh, with me. We trust this conversation will help you as we all seek to think God's revealed thoughts after him and apply them uh, for his glory. So thank you for listening. We hope you will join us again next week for another episode of Theologically Speaking.